0: The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. What's going on ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy CEO Hayes and I'm joined by the one and only God of Thunder, Andrew Bellows in the building. What's going on, Andrew?
1: Not too much, man. I'm feeling uh godly and thunderous as as usual. But um, yeah, no, I had 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 a nice long weekend uh with the lady and uh and and we shared it with the Batman. Uh so it was it was very nice. So a lot of a lot of awesome stuff going on. And then of course to be here talking about this uh this extravaganza with you is always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not even gonna belabor it, I'm not gonna ask about any trailers, none of that shit. We're here to talk about the Batman um and we're gonna get into a full spoiler so if you haven't seen it yet you've been warned because we got some shit to talk about with this movie bello yeah expectation we've talked about this movie a couple of times just in anticipation talked about it uh, very briefly since we've seen it we haven't gone into very high detail on anything because i want to kind of preserve that for the actual recording um all i can say is is that I'm going to say right out the gate? This is going to redefine what a comic book movie can
1: be. Uh, yeah, I I, I would say that that's definitely probably the case. I think you know it, it's there's a lot of different elements that I think lent to this iteration of the Batman. Uh, but if we're gonna give if we're gonna give movies that sort of credit, frankly, I think the Joker probably takes it. Oh, for sure. Um, because I've got, I feel like in in a way this was and almost like the opening title scene kind of almost confirmed my presumptions about this was, which was that this is going to be Joker except with the Batman, like basically kind of same aesthetic, same feel, same kind of kind of new spin, but, but still very much encompassing a lot of old awesomeness that, that you want with those characters. And like I said, that opening title scene, as soon as I saw the Batman flash across in all red, it took me right back to that opening scene of the Joker. When Joker pops across the screen, you're like, Oh, Okay, like this is definitely Good setting a tone. It's eerie. It's creepy. It's it's a little different than, you know, your your mom's favorite Batman movie for
0: sure. For sure. Um, and I think the thing too is that, you know, we gotta I, I kinda want to start this off because I think very often people we talk about the movie, we'll talk about the actors. I want to talk about the director, Matt Reeves. And the reason why I want to start off with him is that he had he's had one of the best trilogies of all time already with the Planet of the Apes trilogy, as far as from quality from the first movie the last movie and the story that they they told overall with that the tone that he sets in this movie um it's just all amazing what did you think about Matt Reeves direction uh, like I said the tone the feel of Gotham City um all of that from 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 the director
1: yeah definitely a lot to, to take into account uh to account here but like I said it, almost answering your first question a little bit like there's a lot of things to consider here and I think the the idea of a comic book cinematic universe being done properly from the get-go is kind of a new thing, right? Like the MCU wasn't really going to do the Avengers thing like from the get-go. It was like, all right, let's see how this Iron Man thing works out. Uh, DCEU, whether they intended on doing like a Justice League crossover from the get-go, it was executed horribly. So regardless of whether or not that was the plan to, to begin with, Matt Reeves went into this knowing, I'm doing a trilogy, I'm doing Batman, I'm doing... You know, Robert Pattinson, it's probably gonna be largely Batman-centric. So it's not gonna be like a Justice League payoff or anything along those lines. It looks like this is gonna be its own corner of the world for now. And he not only tells an incredible story and gives like a great new cinematic spin and tone to it, it, it kind of pulled a lot of elements from everything you might have liked from previous Batman. Like it had that kind of creepy Burton sort of tone. It had a more realistic uh, you know, grounded tone like you get with the Nolan verse yeah. and, it, and it pulls a little bit of all of that. Um, in, and now not only do we get a great story here, but the world that this guy built. And I think that's part of maybe what you were talking about with this redefining comic book movies is that the way that this movie is done, the story is almost secondary to the fact that you're learning about. Alfred and Selena and Falcone and the Penguin and the Riddler and the Joker. And like, holy shit, like now you've developed like a dozen characters that were all very interested in seeing how they play into the future here. And the Riddler story, while it was compelling and different and cool, it wasn't really the main driver of the movie, you know, like it wasn't like I was sitting sitting there trying to solve the riddle. Frankly, half the riddles were given away in trailers, so I like knew the answers to all of them and all that sort of stuff anyway. And it wasn't really necessary for that to be the main focus because you're building this world out. And in three hours, I feel like I got like a year's worth of Gotham, and what was really only a week's time in the actual movie, because I think it starts on Halloween and ends on November sixth. Yeah. So it's like you get a week in Gotham, and you feel like you've spent a decade there. Yeah.
0: Yeah and it it, it it's I, and we'll talk about like where this could go cuz I have a lot of ideas about where this can go based off things and similar storylines in the comics oh, yeah. but um when, when you when you say like the world that was set up like and this is why when people hear like if we for example if somebody were to say the riddler uh penguin the falcons the Moronis, like uh, uh batman catwoman gordon like they were all going to be set up in the first movie people would be like hey that's so many characters That's why it's, it's about how you use those characters and everybody was used so well in this movie and the pacing of it. Even when we go into like how far into the movie until Penguin's introduced and then how we see him again. And then he's like thrown in in scenes that are just, it just makes sense for the world, but we get part of his character just based off natural progression and it not feeling forced at all. I love how they use Penguin in the, in this movie. I love how it sets them up to be a factor probably in in this whole trilogy and then also we'll talk about what happens with the Riddler at the end. But I love that we now have the Riddler established in this universe, and they didn't do what a lot of DC movies do, and that's kill off the villain, and so we can steady build off of that. Um, just it's, it was this was a masterclass in storytelling, and that's what makes this great. It, usually, what makes comic book movies great, not on the Marvel side. On the Marvel side is more built around you know it's it's different, but on the DC side is that if you take the comic book characters out of the movie. Do you still have a basis for a great movie here? And you would, even if it wasn't based off the bat. It was just some wreck, some random vigilante who is out to get the people who possibly killed his family. Like you, you have a great bones of a story here regardless. And it's, it feels lived in, right? This world absolutely feels lived in. And, you know, going into Batman already being active for two years, it, it, they did a good job at setting that up in the first five minutes of the movie you have the whole feel of what this Gotham universe is
1: like. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, probably considering all of the universes that we've seen, the best Gotham. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, regardless what you think about the movie or Battenson or whatever, and we'll obviously get into that, this is, I think, to, to me, the best Gotham. Like I said, it does pull in the elements of realness, but then it does kind of pull in that, that almost circus-y, Tim Burton-y, a little bit over-the-topness of it all, gotham square garden like you know stupid shit like that but it was just it was it was all folded in into where it's like yeah i'm in new york but i'm in this kind of like peyote trip of new york in a a weird little way and i and i thought it was just it it was masterfully done there um and then like you said i mean with all the characters i mean yeah you if i were to tell somebody right out the gate hey here's all these characters like my mind kind of was going to like oh they're going to spider-man 3 this thing and it's just going to feel like way too much uh and and it didn't feel like that at all and i'm like i'm so intrigued to see i i think the penguin like you said is going to play a big part playing moving forward but i think he's almost going to be he's almost going to be like us Mm. in a roundabout sort of way like he's like the normal guy who's now out here yeah you know like yeah he's a mob boss and he's selling drugs and he's i'm sure moving guns and women and all that sort of stuff and he's not a good guy but compared to the riddler and the joker he's not like that bad you know he's like a villain where they're the super villain and batman's the superhero and so penguin's going to kind of find himself in the middle and i think in, in in at least maybe this next movie and possibly the second one uh the, or the third one rather that you're going to see like an alliance between batman and the penguin because i think they're going to kind of establish him as almost a sympathetic sort of villain in his series and then by the time we get to joker and riddler teaming up and Batman's going to need some assistance, probably, obviously, Catwoman will be there, but I think there might have to be, like, an arrangement made with the Penguin, where it's like, I have to recognize, yeah, this guy's a bad guy, but he's not nearly, like, that bad of a guy to where i need to be super worried about him right now
0: absolutely because the penguin that we got in here is that he just wants to make money he didn't kill anybody right even when they thought that he killed the girl he didn't right he's got a code yeah, yeah. and yeah. so and even when he found out that uh that uh falcon snitched he was like you're a snitch like you like i like like it's mm-hmm. bad so yeah he does have a code and i like where you where went then i like the fact that too with the penguin he was never really intimidated by the Batman, right in the sense that it's, like, like even that first scene when he shows up, he's like, you looking for me? And then he pulls him into his office, and they talk, and then when Batman pushes him up against the glass, he's like, hey, calm down, man. Calm down, bro. Like, chill out. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... I, I really I love what they do with, with, with the penguin and, and the fact that like Colin for like you would not if nobody told you that that was him I would never have guessed it. never have guessed.
1: Yeah, my girlfriend like hit the floor. She saw the credits and she's like, "Who was Colin Farrell?" And I started laughing. I was like, "Yo, he was the penguin." She's like, "No,
0: yeah. like <laughs> she
1: couldn't believe it." Now, all right, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the actors, but since yeah. we we hit on this particular one, I mean, a fantastic job by Colin Farrell first and foremost. But did you get the feeling? that they just really wanted Pacino or De Niro to play this role and they couldn't get them. So they had Colin Farrell do like a really good impersonation of the two of them. You know basically. What? Cause there was a lot of scenes where it was just like, it was Starface. It was good fellas. It was like the exact same shit.
0: I, I could absolutely see Robin De Niro playing this role and it. Nothing changes. I'd never thought about it before you mentioned it, but absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head there, but yeah, he did an amazing job. Uh, since we already gotten into actors, Let's get into the main one in this one. I I think I I don't want to bury the lead on this too much. Robert Pattinson is Batman. So much hate coming into him for people who didn't see like the actor that he's turned into over like last.
1: Fools. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because uh, he's been amazing. How impressed with you with uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. And we didn't get to see much of his Bruce Wayne, but I do like that they aren't shying away from showing. No, no. Bruce is fucked up like he is fucked up in the head um so what, what do you think about robert yeah. pattinson and the job that he did
1: all right anybody anybody who went into this immediately assuming robert pattinson was going to be a bad batman was just a fool we should have all learned from ben affleck i was immediately on the oh my god i cannot believe ben affleck's going to be fucking batman to ben affleck is still to this day the greatest batman there ever was so that that being said uh, Robert Banshee did a mag- magnificent job. Like you said, we don't really get a lot of him as Bruce Wayne, but I feel like the parts that we did were very telling and and said a lot in and, and a very little bit of time, which is one of the few elements of this movie you could say that about. Um so he I like just his look, right? He's yeah, yeah, he's he's an older guy. He he kind of looks a little emo, a little brooding. He kind of looks like maybe he's he's seen some shit in his day, which Bruce Wayne certainly has. So that kind of works. But he's also still kind of boyish and un you know, untethered, unfettered. Uh, like it doesn't look like, you know, he's he's really put in a hard day's work or, you know, like he's really had to deal with any sort of like physical stress at any point in his life. And, and all of that lends to the fact that, yeah, Bruce is Batman and he's a capable fighter and a crime fighter and all this sort of stuff. But he's just a kid. Really? He's a kid who never really grew up and he's like basically going through the tail end of this massive temper tantrum where he's lashing out at the world. He's vengeance like, well, who's he avenging? He's avenging his parents. You know, like in the in the Injustice comics, there's a there's a scene between Clark and Bruce where Clark. Basically, they're like arguing and Clark just says, look, you're, you're still just the kid trying to stop two bullets. And it's like really you know, powerful because Superman can stop all the bullets at any time, whenever he wants, he could go back in time and stop bullets. Cause he's Superman like Bruce can't do that sort of stuff. And he's still, he's still chasing that those two bullets from Joe chill or whoever they end up making it in this universe potentially. And you could tell he's, he's still at the point to where he's uncomfortable with Alfred for most of this yeah. movie where he's not really looking at him like a father figure. He's not really leaning on him in the way that you've seen Alfred be very capable in the past, uh, you know, where he's he's the guy in the chair. Alfred kind of forced his way into that role in this movie. And I think moving forward now, we're gonna see Alfred used a little bit more to his full capabilities. But I, I thought as Bruce Wayne he was great, but I'll I'll shorten up the, the my my summation of the Batman version of it. But he um, you know, as Batman was violent, was Was dissonant was, you know, you you could just tell everything about Batman that, you know, and love from the comics, like Robert Pattinson did a really good job of portraying that particularly as like a young, clunky, imperfect Batman, which was the story here, right? Is that he's still feeling his way out. There's no manual for being Batman and where it almost felt like Bale slid into it and was like oh yeah like duh I'm Batman and I'm out here doing this shit and Michael Keaton never really went through those growing pains at all as Batman he was like full-fledged Batman pretty much um this this one you feel him trying to work out the kinks and it, and it's and it's cool to see a little bit of a struggle like that and it's going to be that much cooler to see the various ways he improves from movie 1 to movie 2 because there will be stark improvements in gear in his mentality He'll learn more languages. He's going to be a little bit more public as Bruce Wayne and try and get things done that way. Like, it's going to be very cool to see how that transition
0: unfolds. One of the scenes that I think nailed home outside of some, we'll talk about some other ones as well, but that nailed home that this Batman is inexperienced and it made you feel for him in a different way than I think we have any other Batman. That scene where he's trying to escape the police department and he jumps off the roof with that. He was he didn't know if it was going to work. And you didn't—you—you didn't, you, you didn't mm-hmm. have to have a scene where he's like, "Oh well, you know this gliding thing that I'm that I'm that I'm trying to work on. I don't know if it's gonna work or not, or anything like that." It's literally everything in his facial reactions. And look, the shout out to Robert Patterson too in his facial acting in this because for the most part he's Batman yeah. 95% of this movie, and you can't see his full face in it, but you get everything from it in a scene like that where he jumps off that roof and he's literally fucking terrified if it's gonna work or not. And then when he falls and busts his ass after gliding away successfully, I like that he kind of limps off, and you're like, okay, you, you get the fact that it's, it's not easy being Batman. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's there, there's no good way to be Batman, really, because there's no one, like, in this, in this Batman, it really does feel like it's a guy who's flying by the seat of his pants, right? He didn't get formal training from the League of Shadows. He got trained by his butler, who probably has some sort of special ops background. Like, you know, he's not out here, you know, running a a team of SEALs. It's one guy in some inexplicably bulletproof outfit, which is something I'm I'm a little upset that they, considering we got three hours, to not (laughs) get a little bit more information about how this technology works is baffling to me. But I guess, you know, it could be said that so much of Batman is about the toys, that you wanted to make this more about the man. And I get it. And it was definitely, you know, if that was the intent that that was executed well. But, um, yeah, (laughs) there were some there was some sort of like clunkiness to not only the the Batman's experience as the Batman trying to be the Batman, but us trying to, like, figure out, like, where this Batman is in, in, you know, in developing this this persona, this 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 vigilante, you know, character or whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, so many cool layers to all of
0: this especially when you think about that scene where it opens up and, and you know, where the, the both opening scenes. So we get that scene where you get the guy in the mask. Who's like, who's what robbing the the store or whatever. And when he's leaving out, he's about to walk down that alley and you see the bat signal. He looks back at the alley, like, no, I'm good on that. (laughs) And then gets hit by the car. Mm -hmm. Um, But also very early on establishing the detective side of Batman. And that first scene in which he does go to see that the mayor was killed and he's like picking up on things that that you know that that the police aren't even him walking into that crime scene. All the police looking at him like, "What the fuck is this dude doing doing it?" But then when he's like, "Oh no, the thumb was cut off before he before he died." Oh, there's a blood stain there, and you see like the detective like, "Oh, let me go take a picture of this. I missed this shit." Like seeing him, you know. And I I thought it was weird at first. I'm not gonna lie, like how he came in and he just was he just was looking at everyone. But then you know after seeing it a couple more times, the movie, I'm like, "No, that was him." processing right and then we also know he has those contacts so he's making sure he looks at everything Mm -hmm. we can go back and evaluate it later but it they just they they made everything in this movie make sense what did you think about that opening scene with the riddler beating the shit out of the mayor with what we find out is a carpenter's tool and then the scene with with Jim Gordon, who's the next character that I do want to talk about after we talk about that scene. But what, what did you think about the opening?
1: Yeah, the, the the several scenes at the opening between between those two and also Batman's like first introduction scene where he comes in and he, he starts beating up the clowns and all that kind of stuff. I thought one really important part of, of that scene in particular, actually, that I noticed on the second pass-through is that after he's done beating up all the clown goons, mm-hmm. the guy he saved is it's also terrible. terrified of it. Yeah. He's like, "Oh my god, not and, and in that moment you could see him contemplating it and then he looks up at the bat symbol, the, that same symbol that he had just told us is a warning to the bad guys. You know, he I think in that moment he realized, that, "Oh, it's not just a warning to the bad guys, like everyone's afraid of it." Mm-hmm. Which isn't how this should be working if I'm doing this properly. And 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 you know, that's his first turn of the wheel to ultimately the conclusion where he realizes he needs to be more of a symbol of hope and And not all vengeance all the time. Um, But yeah, vengeance. Yeah, you heard that word about 19 times over the course of the three hours. But I guess given the length of the movie, they needed to like space it out um, and make sure that you remember he's vengeance, guys. Remember, he's vengeance. Um, But yeah, no, the, the, the Riddler scene, I love everything about how meticulous he is and how repetitive he is, right? Like everyone he kills, he pulls out that duct tape the same way he does it in almost like an orgasmic fashion. Like he's just loving every moment of it. You know, he's just kind of like savoring it. Um, uh, it, it was it, the, the, Riddler was cool. Paul Dano was cool. It's the one element of this movie that isn't extremely comic accurate, but it still very nicely settles into what is otherwise almost an entirely comic accurate universe. Um, it, it, it was just kind of cool in that respect. And, the one scene, the scene that you mentioned with the with him uh, at the first murder, Batman showing up with Gordon. I mean, yeah, it was nice to establish that he works with Gordon. He works with the police, sort of. Not all the police are on board. Like, I understand what they were trying to build there. It did just feel like that walk down the hall lasted about four minutes too long, though. Like, oh, they, yeah. they, they, they were really, yeah. they were really marching there, man. It was,
0: they wanted to make sure they showed painful. you every single cop looking at, Batman as they walk down that hallway and him looking at every one of them.
1: That's almost how it felt. And I guess it was also kind of meant to mimic in a way like him walking out of the shadow in the previous scene, like Batman just moves slowly. Like he's the mummy. He will get you eventually, even though he's never going to run. You know, (laughs) it's that sort of deal. But um, yeah, it was it was a lot of the early tones here. Like you you see that person watching what we could presume was like a young Bruce sword fighting with his dad through the window and all that kind of stuff like that, that kind of, that kind of weird uh, early, early on, you're getting that, that creepiness. Like, okay, there's, there's something going on here that you haven't quite seen in Gotham. Like, yeah, the Joker's always been twisted and weird, but it's never been like, like stalker diamond Dallas page, stalking the undertaker's wife, creepy like that, that that's sort of where we were at at the very beginning here. And it was, it was, it was interesting. It was new. And you, you your, your brain almost goes to like, all right, what's, what's Batman going to do with something like this? Cause. Batman can do anything, and this is pretty fucking crazy, so the the, the possibilities are endless.
0: James Gordon. Okay, here's the, my one critique. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say this to get it out the way. I did not like the way he delivered his lines in half the movie. I understand why. Like It was like oh. he was doing this like low whisper thing. It it, like, it bothered me a little bit, and it stood out to me all the times that I watched the movie. Maybe that's just a, a Hayes weird thing, because I literally have not he- heard anybody else have the issue with it, so that may just be one of my weird things. But I love the dynamic between Gordon and and Batman that they really do feel like a partnership. And you heard very early on, like a lot of people make comparisons to the film Seven to this movie. And I understand that from top to bottom. But you really do get a like Batman respects Jim Gordon and, and Gordon respects Batman. But I love like in just one line again where he's like, man, listen, I don't even know who the hell you are. Like it just tell everything like, listen, I, I love what you do. But this shit is weird that we're working together. I, I love their dynamic. What do you think about the actor? Um, Jeffrey Wright, who's great in just about everything that he does, and the dynamic between Gordon and Batman.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that line was really kind of telling, almost in a way where it's like Gordon's a good cop; he knows that most of the guys he's working with are corrupt, so he's kind of been driven into the arms of this masked vigilante. Who, yeah, he doesn't know who he is, but he he seems to be doing this all for the right reasons. And like, what would his what would the benefit to Batman be? To do what he does, except for to be doing it for the right reasons, right? It's not like he's he's knocking over banks in between knocking over mob bosses. You know, he's 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 just out there seemingly trying to to, to help where where the Gotham PD are, are overrun by a lot of just basically mob level crime at this point. We're not even getting into like supervillain armies and gangs, which will probably be unfolding in future movies here. But yeah, Jeffrey Wright, fantastic. I mean, the dude. Uh, I don't know that I've seen a lot of stuff with him in it weirdly enough, but the things and like, and I know there's things that I can't think of off the top of my head that I've definitely seen him in, but like he was great in casino Royale. He's a great watcher. He's a great Jim Gordon, like this motherfucker that can cast him in the lead in a Greta Thunberg biopic. And I'll probably go watch that too. Like he just, he just does. He just seems to do a good job. Now I loved the exact things that you hated about this. Particular really? Okay. Character. Like I loved the whole, yeah, I loved almost like the, you know, the the the, the, the kind of like film noir okay. detective, like eh, Sam, like, yeah. you know, like kind of like he's just <laughs> he's like an old school cool cat. Um, I thought it, I thought that was really well played within this universe. And it almost kind of like, you know, it almost separated him in a way from all the other cops who we knew were pretty much all crooked because yeah. they, you know, not only not only is he just he speaks differently, he looks different, he acts different in like every way he was different than all the other cops and it was kind of it, it was just one additional layer to kind of let you know like this guy takes this seriously so seriously he talks like those guys talking the <laughs> old detective movies.
0: fair enough fair enough there um and i like that he's actually a lot of times like with i think the christopher nolan universe used jim gordon the best you know the michael keaton and then jo- like gordon oh, yeah. was just a, a a side character in those and then we never really got a lot of Gordon either in, in Batman versus Superman. But, you know, that movie was so fucking convoluted anyway. You cannot kind of understand it. This was sure. like this is like the most that we've really gotten Gordon working hand in hand in a lot of scenes with Batman that I really did enjoy. Um, but we got to also talk about the Riddler in this. Now, you talked about like not as comic book accurate. I like that it was a creepy take with he still did the riddles, but they were like fucking murderous as hell. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think about Hey, Paul Dano who I haven't seen now, like much like you with Jeffrey, Wright. I haven't seen Paul Dano in a lot of things, right? I'm sure I have, but it's not been right. anything that's really stood out to me. Um, I love that at the end of the day, like the, the duality in it, right? Because when he's doing this Riddler thing on, on his videos, he's really menacing and he screams, but then you have those videos where he's like, Hey guys, thanks for the comments. Like when I saw that scene, that shit blew my fucking, because he's, he's, he's like me and you, he's like a YouTuber. They're like, Hey guys, thanks for doing this. Like, I was like, wow, yeah. wow, that's crazy. What do you think about, about Riddler overall in this
1: movie? All right. So I, I could not, I couldn't get over once I saw Paul Dano's face. <laughs> like, I know, I know, I'm like, I know this guy from something, and I couldn't like put my finger on what it was. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me today. I actually, I looked up the IMDb. He's like the nerdy dude that steps up and does the porno in uh, Girl Next Door with like Eliza Cuthbert or whatever. It was like one of those like fucking.
0: What the fuck? Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow. I kept thinking, I was like, was he in Super Bad or some shit? I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but that's it. (laughs)
0: Wow. Bro, bro, that's early 2000s. Wow, man. That's, I would have never guessed it. But once you said that the face, it all made. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy.
1: It was driving me crazier than the Riddler actually was in this movie. So while I, while it was the least comic book accurate element of this movie, Mm -hmm. I only really said that mostly, but not because I disliked it or I have an issue with them not being comic book accurate all the time, Mm -hmm. but because so much of this universe was comic book accurate, like Gotham, Batman, um, like all of the different elements, the long Halloween um, hush, like all of these various stories that they were pulling um, material from for this movie and then the riddler was just so different than the riddler had been iterated in any and certainly like anything i've seen probably ever this is like the closest to to the long halloween probably um uh, but even then there's a lo- a big gap between the the hokey jokey you know riddler from from that particular storyline and this guy um but that yeah, I, I still thought it was done well paul dano did an excellent job of convincing me he was like uh, a psychopathic, radicalized, you know, Twitch streamer or whatever the fuck. Um, it just, it made sense. And I liked as much as it was kind of cringe that they made him that type of character, because we all know like, you know, that that's like a thing that they think is like creeping around every corner and they're trying <laughs> to shut down all across the internet. Yeah. Um, but I did like that he had followers and I think that's going to lend itself to future storylines where, um, you know, obviously we we touch base with the Joker and it appears there's like some sort of clown gang floating around Gotham. So you've got like maybe some tr- some Joker henchmen already in place. You've got some Riddler henchmen now in place. Um, the war of jokes and riddles may very well be upon us. It has
0: to be. It ha- like, Are you familiar with that storyline?
1: fairly i have been looking into it a little bit more in the last like 24 hours in particular because i because this kind of got my wheels spinning i was like wait there's a there's a line, there's like a story where they go you know to war with one another there's
0: two different storylines so the war of jokes and riddles is the more popular one there's another one that i think was a new uh new 52 storyline maybe i'm getting them confused but there's another uh joker versus riddler storyline that's very similar to kind of what we see set up in this film as well that I really mm-hmm. do think they're going into, and I love that's universe building, right? Everything with universe doesn't have to be. Oh, how can we bring Aquaman and Superman into it? It's what you what you do within your own universe, and the fact that you can see where they can go with the storyline and it makes sense, right? And we're also getting the Arkham TV show now that's going to be set in the first year the Batman operated, but we're not going to see Batman, so maybe we can see Joker and what happens there. Like it, all of this has me. I haven't been this excited for a sequel coming up after a first movie. Even, even like after the second Spider-Man, for example, Sp- Spider-Man Far, from, no, was Far From, no. Which one was the first, Homecoming and then...
1: Homecoming, um, Far, far, far home. From Home, No yeah. Way Home.
0: Yeah. I was not yeah. excited, like I was excited to see it because it was a Marvel movie, but I never was like sitting there anticipating like, oh, what's the second Spider-Man movie gonna be? They have already set me up being as, I'm anticipating this next Batman movie as much as I was uh, anticipating in-game after infinity
1: yeah they they really did set up this whole universe like i'm excited about the gotham pd show i'm excited about the penguin show there's already whispers about potentially a Catwoman show uh with zoe kravitz going up the blood haven and all that shit like i'm all in on all of this they cannot get it to me fast enough as far as i'm concerned
0: Sure, sure. all right selena kyle let's talk about her because one Hell thing yeah. that go ahead do you have something else
1: no no go ahead. okay
0: um, Nope. with selena kyle i love how they introduced her just like That just can be said to everyone. So I'm not going to stop saying that. They introduce everyone in in the nature of the storyline and it all makes sense. But I love that she is already, like, we don't don't have to see her, like, what makes her suit up to be a vigilante or a a cat burglar or anything. It just all made sense. And uh, Zoe Kravitz, outside of her having probably the best legs I've seen in my life was amazing in this role. What, do you, what do
1: you? No, man, I, I didn't know much that, you know, this is one of these things. I, I'm starting to reserve judgment on castings, right? Like I'm starting to just think to myself, I'm looking at it almost like um, like a menu item at a, at a trendy restaurant. Like, I don't know that I want peanut butter on my cheeseburger, but it's probably on the menu because somebody thought it was really good, right? You know, so, so maybe there's something to this. I'll give it a whirl, maybe not today, but somewhere down the line. So Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman again. I didn't really know much of her work, and and didn't really have much of an expectation. So I kind of went into it with a blank slate. Dude, she knocked this freaking out of the park, as far as I'm concerned. Like I might 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 even give Michelle Pfeiffer a run for her money as the best Catwoman iteration uh, we've Catwoman, ever seen. This is but also her yeah, second she was time sexy. Really, she what was the first
0: in the Lego Batman movie?
1: Oh, she was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, no, Cat. I thought she was great. She was sexy. She was mysterious. She was formidable she drinks milk she was doing all of the things i needed catwoman to do uh, when she suits up for the first time and then just pops out her window and like you know just kind of like traipses down to the ground with like no effort whatsoever like mm-hmm. i it, immediately if you didn't already put two and two together there and you didn't like know she was playing catwoman yeah. you immediately are like oh shit okay like yeah like this is this is catwoman the gear was cool the bike was cool they nailed it man the, the, this one like of the many things that they did right in this movie, there's no flaws in Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman game.
0: No, no, not at all. Um, who else? Well, I feel like, we, have we missed a character?
1: Um, we missed Falcone. Yes.
0: We missed Falcone. Uh, which
1: I, I definitely just want to talk about because, man, John Turturro is like one of my favorite actors of all time. Just because this He's dude awesome. is so diverse. he He's could do awesome. He could do anything. Yeah. He could be Mr. Deeds' fucking butler. He could be the angry, psychotic, uh, you know, conspirator from Transformers. He can be the, the crazy alternate personality of Johnny Depp in Secret Window. And he can be Carmine Falcone. Like, there's nothing this man can't do. Again, have him play Thunberg. I'm in. But um, yeah, he's, he's just, he's very, very good in this. And, and I've never really liked, like, the, the traditional mob aspect of the Batman lineage, mm-hmm. like the Falconis and the Moronis necessarily. But I think that this is ultimately going to tie into um, to the Court of Owls in some way where there was some ambiguity about who really killed the Waynes. Mm. We know it was probably Joe Chill, but who hired Joe Chill is kind of always the mystery. And I think it's going to be like we're going to find out that the Moronis and the Falconis thought they were in charge this whole time for the last 20 years. But there's been people working even deeper behind the scenes that have been pulling the strings. On all of these people this whole time.
0: Oh yeah, quarter owls has to be where the, the the trilogy ends up. We got
1: two you got like two distinct owl Easter eggs in this too, right? The first card had an owl like dead smack in the middle of it. And then the last card that he says see you in hell, like the two eyes right on the on the front of the card are distinctly I would I would imagine meant to look like an owl.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so you're getting you're getting like teases to it already.
0: For sure. All right, now you I know you touched on Andy Circus's uh uh Alfred uh Penny Pennyworth. Uh I just I didn't say much about it, so I just want to say this. We didn't get a lot of him in this movie, but what we did get was very meaningful, and I do think he's gonna have a bigger part to play as the series goes on. But I do like the wrinkle uh that they threw in there that Alfred is the one who trained Bruce in this. And yeah. even in the scenes that you get, like he he helps Bruce, but you can tell that he's helping Bruce because it's like I don't know how else to get through to this kid. I don't know how to get through to him. But you get the sense that Alfred thinks Bruce Wayne is fucking batshit ass crazy.
1: Well, I mean, he's right. Yeah, and I mean, it, yeah. And, it, and it runs in the family, so awesome. we know that yeah. now because his right because yeah. his mom was crazy, and he knew that the whole time, but but Bruce didn't. Maybe it was like almost like trying to shield him from it was his sort of way. I got fucking assholes out here; their car alarms going off. My apologies, <laughs> folks. Um, but <laughs> we've got. Um, yeah, you know, almost like he knew and he was trying to like shield him from it so that he wouldn't have to worry about him becoming it, you know, like a, almost like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts he was trying to avoid him from. Uh, but then I do think he's going to be very, you know, heavily involved moving forward. I, I think, you know, he he does think Bruce is crazy. He's right. But maybe if he can have like one hand on the wheel, he could kind of like steer him out of some of the bad situations. And like I said, we never really got to see him be man in the chair, Alfred, in this case. It wasn't as Bruce is driving around in the Batmobile chasing Penguin. He's not talking to Alfred the whole time. And that kind of felt weird. And, and it was also just like an interesting layer to this particular Batman where he hasn't figured it all the way out yet. He's not using all of his resources. He's forcing this loneliness upon himself. Yeah. And now, you know, hopefully he can grow beyond that. And I think by the end of this movie, he, he's come to at least that realization to a degree.
0: For sure, for sure, And it's again the, the, the one thing that I want that I want to see as this continues, like now, does Alfred get through to Bruce and help him develop that playboy persona? because really, when you look at Bruce Wayne, people always say it's Batman and it's Bruce Wayne. It's really three different people, right? It's Batman, it's the Bruce Wayne he is in public, and then it's the Bruce Wayne he is around Alfred. It's three distinct different people and different characters, yeah, and so i I hope that in the second one, we do get to see him develop the Bruce Wayne persona a little bit more. But I would not be surprised at all if they go through this whole trilogy and maybe we, we get the the least amount of Bruce Wayne we've gotten out of any Batman trilogy.
1: That's, That's possible. I, I think we are gonna see obviously a lot more of Bruce mm. because we saw so little of him in this movie. I think we'll see a lot more of him in the next one. But I also think because of maybe the storylines that they're pulling from for the next one, mm-hmm. um, No Man's Land, I think is the one you may have been referring to before with the with the Joker and the Riddler. Um, you know, basically the rest of the country abandons Gotham like think Dark Knight Rises for for those of you who aren't like super well-versed in the comics but uh that basically Gotham gets cut off from the rest of the world and Bruce Wayne goes with you know insert female mayor of Gotham at the time who is probably going to be Bella Real now in this in this particular storyline I can't think of any reason why they put her in the movie so prominently because frankly she's not important to the plot at all um whereas at least the other elements of the world building had some tying tie into this story really but it felt like you could have cut that entire wing of this movie out and no one would have missed it so they had to have put it in to build her in for something moving forward and i think like a bella Real bruce wayne tag team going to dc on behalf of gotham is like is definitely in the cards for the next movie
0: oh for sure for sure they even i mean even and just the way that they set her up as somebody who really wants to improve the city and even wants to get Bruce Wayne more involved. You know, she has that line that, you know, your family was was very involved in the city and it doesn't look like you're doing anything. And so, like, I do think they're going to use her as a as a, a vehicle to kind of for us to see more of Bruce in the next film. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely. I agree. with
1: no, That makes that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I think we get a, I think we will get the haircut. I know a lot of people were upset with with the with the length of the hair for Bruce. Yeah. Um I think it was indicative of his younger, more immature, more emotional days. And I think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get the haircut and he's gonna, you know, sharpen up a little bit as he as he goes on to fight for Gotham, you know, without the mask.
0: He has to. He has to. He has to. Yeah, because that you can't you can't be a, a Playboy billionaire with a with a moody haircut like that. But uh <laughs> right. I mean I, and you, so one of the things, one of the, the the set pieces we go to a couple of times in the movie is the Iceberg Lounge, that Batman gets into three completely different yeah. ways over the course of the film. <laughs> um, what did you think about, like, because one of the, the, the ways that we do get Bruce Wayne very much, people are very surprised to see Bruce Wayne in public. It happens at the funeral. It happens when he goes and gets into the club. It happens again at the, what, is, wow, was it three times?
1: Yeah, the funeral, the funeral right? The funeral, right? the
0: iceberg yeah. lounge the time he shows up and he's like do you know who i am and they're like yeah bruce wayne i think this is actually just those two times i think that's i, why it. I thought it was the third time yeah. um but what did you think about like the, the tone because the iceberg lounge is big in the comics and it's more so in the last handful of years than it was um right right around the time of the arkham games is really where the iceberg lounge really started being like a thing that was used very heavily in the comics what did you think about it
1: yeah i thought it was i thought it was a very cool element i loved batman walking in there the first time yeah. Um, not only beating up the twins with a quickness, but just kind of like marching through completely deeply into enemy territory, yeah. not even concerned about it. Just walking through there, you know, you could see his eyes like moving around, like he's scanning the area, making sure that there's no threats soon as that first guy lays a hand on him, everybody who came within three feet of him for the next two minutes just got completely annihilated with a quickness. It was amazing. like what the fights in this in this were really, something to behold because it wasn't your, because he's vengeance still. And he's not like full on grown into this and knows what the fuck is up Batman. Um You know, he's still very emotional. He's very violent. He's very herky jerky. You, you could tell he's, he's taken out some aggression in addition to what, you know, what is necessary to be done in the moment. And, uh, and then watching him just take down everybody and then running into, to the penguins, almost friendly. Hello. It was it was it was really really cool and yeah I like the I like that the lounge has a you know the club within the club and and the Riddler was just sitting across the street the entire time watching all of these corrupt people go in and out of there um, you know I thought I thought all of those elements to this were were really really cool and I wouldn't be surprised to see that be a much bigger part moving forward as as like the Penguin like that'll be a huge part of the show I'm sure because he's now going to be running it <laughs> one would imagine so that's going to be really really cool and then maybe you know maybe Mr. Freeze moves in on him eventually wants to try to maybe take that over for himself something along those lines or or for that matter comes in and freezes the whole city which is now underwater um so you know that 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 could be just another layer to all of this
0: yeah i i it's if they do introduce the more comic booky fantastical elements i i can't wait to see how they do it because they've made everything it's really in two worlds, right? It, it's comic booky still, but it's still real world, and so how he, uh, the director and writer would do that is very interesting. But, yeah, all right, let's talk about the story. We talked about a lot of the characters. The story overall in this film, what were some of the best parts of it to you? I,
1: I just liked a lot of the, the things that specifically kind of tickled my comic book nerd fancy. Um, I liked, like I said, the, the ambiguity around who actually killed the Waynes. Falcone said something. Maybe he was lying. Maybe he didn't know. Alfred thought a certain way, but didn't know for sure. Uh, I like that that's going to lead to some more threads down the line. Um, Like I said, I, I, ooh, we didn't talk about one character. Um, I'm calling him Tim Drake because he's Tim Drake on Titans. But uh, the kid from the clown uh, gang early on, who very distinctly kind of is giving me the, like, this is going to be a future Robin vibe. I don't know if he's going to be Tim Drake necessarily. Maybe he's Dick Grayson, maybe... He's Todd Jason Todd, whatever the case may well, be. But like, uh, you can tell he was gonna be sick. Sing- because
0: he's in Titans as a Robin, are they gonna do that? And keep in mind, so I did I did some research on this. He was actually cast and filmed this movie before he was ever cast in Titans. Um that's how long ago this movie was was That's actually, weird. Yeah. So it just it just happenstance. But uh, do you think that they would do that considering he's now going to be a Robin in Titans?
1: I, I think they could just do, um, you know, the, he doesn't necessarily need to be Tim Drake, but yeah, he could be Dick Grayson or he could be Jason Todd. I think Jason Todd would be a really cool element for yeah. this because they've never really done that on, in live action other than in Titans. Um, you could do the Red Hood storyline where you're going to introduce the Joker. Maybe the Joker, you know, has killed one of the maybe maybe he's killed Dick Grayson like in the Snyder verse already and then uh and Jason Todd ends up kind of sliding into the Robin role. Maybe he kills him too and then we can do the whole like red hood saga somewhere down the line in this thing. But um I, I don't know. I, I it just gave me that vibe and maybe because it it wasn't until I got home later where I was like oh shit that's Tim Drake from Titans. Like it, it dawned on me like then but it was giving me this like Robin y vibe from the get go anyway, probably for that reason. Uh, like kind of subconsciously but I don't know they they were lingering on this kid for a while like it feels like he's gonna play a part and it doesn't feel like he's gonna end up being like a super villain you know so that that leaves very little room for for you know what he could be other than a Robin I hope like I mean honestly as long as he's not Duke Thomas like I'm fine with whoever he is because Duke (laughs) Thomas is kind of lame
0: all right cool uh yeah but you were about to talk about the story
1: Oh yeah, so the actual story, um, like the oh, the Riddler's video on the Waynes like tickled all of my like my my nerdiness uh, with the hush hush references. So yeah, a couple of hush references there. Obviously, the word hush pops across the screen at one point, but also the journalist that they killed uh, for the Waynes or Falcone killed for the Waynes, presumably his name was Edward Elliot, who in the comics is actually the great great grandfather of Thomas Elliot, who actually is Hush. Um, so maybe in this case, Ed- Edward is just Hush's dad. And we get kind of another disgruntled orphan in, in, in a future storyline with, uh, with Hush coming back. So Hush would be uh, just a really cool story for like live action Batman in general, but in this universe would be just epic. Now, the problem, the only problem with it is that it might be coming off a little too close to what we just saw. Yeah. Um, but it would, it would be really cool to see Hush in live action in some way, shape or form. And like, if not in this universe, like I don't want to have to wait a decade. So like, let's shoehorn this bitch in if we have to.
0: I like, I'm, and we've never gotten a live action Hush. Well, not in movie form. I think he did pop in. Was it, I think he popped in on like Batwoman or something. I'm not watching that shit, but uh <laughs>
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't know. But they have, done a, they have done an animated film for it, which is yeah. quite good and yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah.
0: All right, what else you got for me, bro?
1: Man, I got a bunch of other things. Uh, the, the long Halloween elements, I thought were really cool. The fact that it was like on Halloween, and, and obviously the Riddler ended up being the the long con here was really cool. Um, other than that, I mean, I've got a question, and then we got some various rankings that to attend to. But um, tough question here. Top three acting performances in this film and uh, rank them if you dare, I suppose.
0: Ooh. Um, Robert, Paul, and got to give it to Colin.
1: Yeah, it was it was really tough for me to come up with this. I, I give it to Colin, like, m- number one. Mostly because, like, I, I mean, as, as spectacular of a job as Pattinson did, I don't think he had, like, the best acting performance in this film, weirdly enough. yeah. Um, I, I, I'll give it to Colin Farrell there. I, I, Zoe Kravitz, I think like, I have to throw her in the mix there just because i mean again I, maybe this is just her shtick maybe this is how she is in real life for all i know like <laughs> I, I have no idea what zoe kravitz is like uh, but i i like i said was basically captivated typically when i say that about like a female character it's because i'm attracted to them that is obviously the case here but i feel like it goes beyond that <laughs> like she was she was just very very good in this role And uh, and I'm like, like I said, like when they do the Catwoman show, as much as it's going to be like a feminazi social justice fuck fest, I'm totally going to watch it anyway.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough.
1: So that that being said, um, let's go on to um, from from actors. All right. So where where does this fall in the pantheon of Batman movies? Right. Like there's 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 quite a few. I've got a list of 20 in front of me. Third, uh, including some of the animated, but oh, is that I'm where you have a third live
0: action? I'm not gonna the animated ones because those are so different. They're so easier to to do a, a more, uh, uh, you know, in, in it's it's easier to tell some of the storylines that you wouldn't be able to tell in live action on the animated ones. Um, so I definitely would say this is this is third for me right now. It this, this could is change the in a month.
1: Third, third best live action Batman. All right, so you've yeah. got Dark Knight and what else ahead of this?
0: The original 89.
1: Wow. Okay
0: and that's completely wow. nostalgic that's complete and i will admit yeah. that is based off com- now if we're talking objectively as a film then it's second yeah okay yeah.
1: that's yeah that's pretty that's man you know what it's funny i just went back and i've been watching rewatch the batman movies with uh with logan so I just watched 89 the other day and it's it, it was better than I remembered it but not necessarily I don't I don't shit. know that I'm ready to put it up there. Yeah. It is it's cheesy as shit. Michael Keaton is great. Nicole Kidman is is just yes, yeah, something to behold in that movie but nevertheless um, yeah, I got it. I've got it. number three. I do include the animated films only because I still think the second best iteration of Batman that ever existed was Lego Batman. Um, <laughs> okay. I, really, I really, think, I really think in a weird, obviously comical way, they get the character so well in that movie. Like they, they really do while they, while they joke about it, you know, he is just this like lonely grown ass billionaire baby. Like you know, and, and and I think that that movie encapsulates that so well. I think this movie did a lot of that, and so I put it just behind like Oh Batman as my number three Batman movie, uh, just ahead of like Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight Begins, which I which round out my top five basically yeah. there. And Dark Knight obviously being number one. Um, Dark Knight's one of the greatest films ever made, so it's like it's hard to even compete with that in any capacity. So yeah, you know, th- th- anybody who was like. I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a contingent of people out there that think this is better than the Dark Knight. There are I think some. I've seen themselves. some rankings
0: already. Some do rank it above that.
1: It, I mean, that's that's hey, everybody's uh entitled to their own opinion, yeah. I guess. But uh yeah, there some some are, are just wrong and that one is one of them. <laughs> but uh the dark the, the Dark Knight is a great movie. This one is up there though. Like yeah. I mean this is this is a great film. I've already watched it three times. I think you have as well, or you're yeah. gonna go be seeing it for the third time later today. Um, so it's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm going to watch it again. I, I love this universe and I'm my only real issue with all this is that it's going to be a while before we get any more content related to this. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it's sort of a bummer, but we wow. will get like the Batman in Flashpoint So we'll get like a little bit of a Batman tease over the summer, but I don't, I don't know when we're going to see this universe.
0: It depends because if you look at Suicide Squad to Peacemaker, it was less than a year from that when they were able to get it together. So because they already have those shows planned, we could be back in this universe within, within six to eight months, possibly. Now, if you, if you're talking about the film side of things, yeah, we're probably not going to get another film for two years at the, at the earliest, probably more like three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they. I don't think they've started shooting any of the shows yet. But they, I think they were. While Gotham PD was announced first, I think recently Matt Reeves said that that Penguin is actually closer to starting shooting, okay. uh, which is kind of the one I'd want more. Like first, almost like let, let's set the tone with with a familiar character. I mean, yeah, obviously we all know Gordon and Jeffrey Wright's great and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it, it, the Gotham PD thing I feel like is really going to be for the diehard super niche. Comic booky kind of fans, right? Like that's not going to be something like your dad's going to watch. Like, but he might watch the Penguin. You know, like he might just be like, "Oh, the Penguin. Oh, okay, Colin Farrell. Oh, wow, he's doing like a De Niro impression. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I, I can get into this." And uh, and maybe maybe they pull in some people that way. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe I hope you're right. I hope we get stuff for this sooner. Uh, and I hope they really do the same sort of stuff. Where yeah, it's Penguin centric, but I want to see like the Riddler break out of of Arkham with the Joker at yes. some point or whatever it is like little little stuff like that in the background a headline about uh cat burglar in bloodhaven blah 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 like like really really kind of expand uh, use that time that which of which you will have a lot to really build out the world in a way that you maybe should have utilized you know like maybe 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 shortened the film up and used a show to really expand upon some of these details a little bit more but hey it is what it is i i, I mean while the movie was a tad too long, I'd rather have too much of a good thing than not enough.
0: Agree, agree. Yeah. All right. Anything left rankings? You want to do a rating?
1: I think we'll, well, one last one, man. Who's our best, who's the best live action Batman?
0: Still bail. Come on. Still bail? Still. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, you know, I'm team Affleck for life, but I, I, I think I'm, I think I, I think I do put patents ahead of bail. Okay. Like, weirdly enough here. I, I, I there was just like a, a visceral nature to, it, you know what the problem is, and everybody, you know, maybe the peripheral fan kind of does this a lot, which is like the people you see on Twitter that are like constantly like, you know, pouting all these, these different like kind of rogue Batman theories. Um, but there's different Batman, right? Like all of these Batman played different versions of Batman. Like Bat Batfleck for me is one of my favorites because I like that Frank Miller Dark Knight, you know, returns Batman. And he, I thought you not only did he play it, but the, like not only was the character fairly well written from Snyder's, you know, perspective, but I thought Affleck did a really good job of kind of portraying that old promugeny kind of like, you know, had enough of the shit, Batman. I thought that was really well done. Whereas Pattinson's playing a much younger Batman, and then obviously we got to kind of see the entirety of Bale's arc really yeah. in three movies. So um, you know, it, it, it maybe too early to tell, but as of right now, like given the material that, that he was given, I think Pattinson has done, you know, a phenomenal job with this. And as of right now, anyway, I, I would put him right behind Affleck as, as the second best batman.
0: That's, that's big words early on. So it, it... Do you think there's a chance he, he could surpass him?
1: Um, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do. I, I think like if the next Batman kind of rolls along and we get a little bit more of, of Bruce and we get a little bit more of the dichotomy between the two and he grows, you know, as and seeing that real growth as a person, I think is going to be the element of this. That's going to be kind of cool. You never really got that with Bale. Like, he was kind of like already like who he was by the time we saw him even in Batman Begins. And and there wasn't like an incredible change in his perspective or in his his demeanor or really his his like the way that he would just go about things was always kind of very straightforward and very non uh you know like very 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 like a sensible not nonsensical um but yeah you know he he was just very very rational and very pragmatic um this Batman was very much more emotional from the get go and I think we're gonna see him mature into like what we got to see from Bale towards the end or what we ultimately see from Affleck by the time we meet him. Um, and, and that growth like as, as a human, uh, not as Bruce Wayne, because Batman is really the main personality. And, uh, you know, the Batman growing from, from kind of a recluse vengeance type to a more hopeful type to a more calculated ninja type to maybe even like somebody who's kind of almost got like a brother one kind of scenario where he's got like technology basically like running the show for him. Um, you know, I think I think over time we're going to see him be more efficient. And with that, uh, it, maybe he might not be as good of a Batman as a result. Right. Like I, I like this, this emotional, visceral Batman. And as he matures, maybe that goes away and maybe he falls down the rankings. You know, like I, I think that might even be more likely than him surpassing Affleck in my mind, especially if we ever get a bat, a bat like a bat solo film. I think that'll really make that shine because the two movies he was a part of were kind of a shit show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but he he was he was fantastic. Unfortunately, he was surrounded by a bunch of nonsense.
0: Yeah. All right, final rating for the film overall before we go,
1: mm, man. I'm. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Like it was. It was up there. It was. It was. It was spectacular. It's tough to do uh, a a good comic book movie that's like new and different. And I think it's really tough to come in with the expectations that come in with Batman. And I think all of those expectations were met by the direction, the acting, uh, the actors who I didn't really know anything about completely knocked my socks off. Uh, like Paul Dano was great. Like uh, Zoe Kravitz was great. All the All this sort of stuff um, just amounted to what was just a great introduction to to what will be a very very awesome cinematic
0: universe i am giving this what do you got i think it's a solid eight then you gotta give it a right yeah yeah it's it's just it's such a perfectly written film like for what they the story that they were trying to tell so like there's really no flaws in the story no flaws in any of the casting everyone was casted perfectly it was this is great this is great And i think it's gonna grow on me even more over time this is one of those ones that i think we like even coming back to it six months from now, I'd be like, hey, I may text you and be like, Hey, you know something I just noticed about watching this again? So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, the reason I didn't even like rank it higher is that like it's very hard for me to give like a nine point five or a ten to a movie that I can I can say is too long. Yeah. You know, like like yeah. when I can when I I, I almost want to do a cut. Like I almost want to like get a version of this and cut <laughs> out like the 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 15 minutes I find completely unnecessary and release yeah. it for the world and we'll we'll call it Andrew Bellows i mean uh, most of Batman, that would be the scene of the him Andrew walking B- down
0: the hallway <laughs> like that that takes like
1: it would be <laughs> yeah that's fine be that the long lingering <laughs> shot at the end of the two of them riding on the motorcycles um yeah. the entirety of bella real's like monologues uh like yeah we can get rid of like 20 minutes of this movie really polish this bitch up uh the, and, and especially like i said like the, uh the, a part of it that kind of kills me when, it, when a movie is too long and yet there's stuff i wanted more of that they couldn't get there you know <laughs> like yeah. they they threw in a whole joker scene that was unnecessary they did all this other stuff but i got like a grand total of 10 minutes of andy circus's alfred yeah like yeah sure. sure. that's yeah so it was good it wasn't it wasn't perfect but it was it was very very close i would say yeah
0: Definitely. Well, give him your social media. Man. Yeah. Let's get a.
1: Product. Oh, that's right. You can find me on the Twitter machine at the Andrew Bello. That's T H to the E A N to the D R E W B E W L O. Uh, also, find me on the YouTube's and the SoundClouds. I uh, got a new remix to Pusha T's Diet Coke out. Uh, he's performing on on fucking Stephen Colbert in in s- fake snowstorms nowadays. So, like, I think <laughs> I'm slightly more gangster than Pusha T is. Uh, but you can- you can uh you can find me on soundcloud and youtube doing that stuff but if you find me on twitter it's usually pinned the latest jam is up there and more to come but uh yeah man a pleasure as always thank you for having me
0: Any time, brother you can follow me at ceo hayes at ceo h-a-i-z-e follow the podcast at the film frequency if you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency of gmail.com but we out this bitch. peace peace